My message today was the mission of the resurrection. Would you look with me just a moment? The disciples, after the resurrection, they're still in lockdown. Two Sundays, the Sunday of the resurrection, the following Sunday, the second Sunday, they're behind closed doors. And Jesus appears in the room with them. Thomas was not there the first week, the first on resurrection day, but he was there eight days later. And the Lord encouraged him, upbraided him, let him touch it, see his hands and his, the spear marks the scar. He didn't touch wounds, he touched the scar. And uh, he, he said, my Lord and my God, after realizing we have to walk by faith in this hour. Thomas was brought to a point of faith. But even after those two appearances, they leave Jerusalem, they go up to the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus is about to appear his third time to the disciples. And uh, they've gone back to what was familiar. John, 15 times in his writing of the book of John, says after these things he is writing from a historical vantage trying to document things because there had to be infallible proof that Jesus was alive no question guaranteed and he's writing from that vantage point and so John uses in this text that I was going to read after these things I want you to know that after these things there needs to be something different going on Peter is about to, after these things, return to what was familiar. After the world pandemic and how it locked down America, it locked down churches, it locked down the world, after this thing, there needs to be not going back to what was familiar. God said in the last days, I'm going to do a new thing. You know, in Isaiah, he said, don't even bring me your old song. He said, bring me a new song. And... And so Peter is going back fishing, but the problem is when he says, I'm going fishing, seven disciples made the statement, we're going with you. Your influence upon people in this hour is very important. They can go back to the familiar, they can go back to the old ways, the old thought processes. I, I don't want things to be like they were before the pandemic. I want God to do something new and fresh in this hour. Hallelujah. There is a wind. We sang it right before I came up. The wind, a fresh wind of God. Hallelujah. We had not won our world before the pandemic. In fact, the church was losing ground faster than it's ever lost in the history of the church. It was losing ground. With the population growth and all that was happening, the church of America and the church of the world was losing ground. That's not God's will. God's sending a fresh wind, fresh revival, fresh manna. And Peter says, I'm going back fishing. And he goes back fishing because it was familiar. He was a professional fisherman. And he takes other disciples with him. But the problem is you can go back to what's familiar and you can do it without the, without the anointing and you'll end up with zero. They fished all night and they caught nothing. Everybody say nothing. They knew the Sea of Galilee is an incredible body of water. It's very clear. And so all professional fishing is done at night when the fish can't see as well. 
and there will be more surface. It's 1,500 feet deep, so the fish during the day go very deep. And, uh, and so he's going back to what's familiar, and he fishes all night with his disciple friends, and they catch nothing. And Jesus, in the morning, after they've toiled all night, he's standing on the shore. But the Bible says they didn't recognize him. Now, you've just spent three years of your life with Jesus. You know him. You know his mannerisms. You know his, uh, the way he walks and talks and stands. You know that. You've studied him because he's the miracle worker. You know, I, I told the service and, and my sermon in the early service uh, this morning. Jesus, I don't believe he ever experienced sickness during those three years. He was health. He was wholeness. He took it upon his body at the cross. But he was a healthy Savior. I don't believe that any of the disciples during those three years got sick because he was the healer. And the Bible says he healed all that came to him. I don't believe for three years they experienced sickness in the circle that were with him during those three years. That's why it's so important we press into Jesus, get near Jesus. Amen. Because where he is, he's just going to do what he does. Amen. Come on, everybody say amen. And so, so, but they don't, they don't recognize him. And finally, the disciple that loved Jesus and that Jesus loved, which he loved them all, and I believe it was John, said, it is the Lord. None of their eyes have not focused and seen that this is Jesus. Peter immediately, when he realizes it's Jesus standing 154 yards away, they're still out. 154 yards, it's 100, I'm sorry, 134 yards out. And um, he puts on all of his fishing clothes. They were pr probably down to something like a, a, you know, swimsuit. I don't know what they called it back then. <laughs> Somebody help me. An outer, uh, inner garment. And, uh, and anyway, but he puts on all of his fishing coat. And then he jumps in. And he swims. 134 yards to where Jesus is. Once you recognize Jesus, you need to get as close to him as you possibly can. Don't let anything separate you, keep you back. But he told them to throw on the right side of the boat. And they caught a great haul of fish. The rest of the disciples pull the fish in. They count the fish. And John records the number. There was 153 fish, large fish. What is significant about that is that when you do see the fish on the surface in the Sea of Galilee, they're going to be these big, big fish, and they all weigh anywhere from five to ten pounds. I mean, they're large fish, and there'll be there's an abundance of them. Can you imagine 153 ten-pound fish in a net on one of those small disciple boats? The net is breaking. They bring the fish in, but here's what Jesus says to Peter: They got all the fish laid out. And he said, Simon, do you love me more than these? You went back to what's familiar. You went back to your fishing. Listen, every one of us have trades. You have a, a place in life, a business, uh, where you are in life. You have to be in that place, but that place has got to be your business for the kingdom. That's got to be your pulpit where you are in life. It wasn't wrong for him to go on a fishing trip, 
but he was turning from a full-time call upon his life to go and fish for men and he began to follow, he went back to what was familiar we can't afford to go back to what was familiar before a pandemic we're fishing for men we've got the loss to win the mission of the resurrection is about this one thing we have to see this world come to know Jesus You've got family and friends that are not where they ought to be and if they died today, they would go into hell without Christ. And every one of us have got to not just be going back to familiar territory before a pandemic. We've got to thrust in and press in and get close to Jesus and realize we've got a lost world to reach and a lost family to be intentional about. My dad, before his promotion to heaven three years ago, a little over three years ago, called me on Monday before Saturday when he was promoted. He was traveling. And he said, Gary, it is all, it is all about the lost. Don't ever allow us, Holy Spirit, to lose sight of that. The mission of the resurrection is this. The church has a great commission. Jesus is on earth. There's 50 days from Passover to Pentecost. Two major feasts that are 50 days apart. Both of these feasts, they're required to go, everyone is required to go to the temple in Jerusalem and everyone's required to bring a special sacrifice. Everyone. That's why everyone, the, the city of Jerusalem was with millions of people at Passover because God wanted them to witness the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But 50 days later, he's got them back in Jerusalem. Millions are back in Jerusalem because he wants them to witness the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the endowment of power from on high so that we can accomplish the mission of the resurrection. It's all about the mission of the resurrection that 40 of those 50 days Jesus is on earth and then he gives his final statements to his disciples as he's about to ascend 10 days before Pentecost and he says, go into all the world and preach this gospel to every creature. My friends, we have a mission and that's to reach from local to global, amen? To tell our world about Jesus. And we can't go back to familiar. We can't go back to what the way it was. There's a new thing that's happening and God is breathing life into his church. Zoe life, that we can stand up as a vibrant army of believers in this hour and do a work for God, amen? With every head bowed and every eye closed. That is a short version of what I preached in the early service. But if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I was preaching from this pulpit about 10 years ago. And I said, sir, you could leave out of this sanctuary and you could have a wreck on Ramona Boulevard and be in eternity. Do you know where you'll spend eternity? And I want you to know that a man went right out of this room, got 100 yards from this church and was in a terrible accident. He didn't die. God was merciful. But your life and eternity is not something that you can play with. You need to know that you know that you know you're born again. You need to know that you're born again. Amen? And if you're here today, on this third Sunday of April, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer 
acknowledging Christ and receiving Christ afresh and anew into our lives. And I want everyone, those watching online, I want you to repeat this prayer with Pastor. Dear Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. Thank you for dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. I receive you into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Write my name in your book. I want to know that heaven is my home. So by faith, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. And with your help, I will begin to live and serve you. In your name I pray. Come on, everybody shout a big amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whether online or in this sanctuary, and I want everyone to stand because we're going to conclude here. If you prayed that prayer and you're coming back to Christ or you're making a first-time dedication, there is a number to text on the screen, whether you're online or whether you're in this sanctuary. And I want you, we want to get you started in discipleship. We have these connection cards that we want, we've asked everyone to fill out. We want, if you're not saved, we want to help you with that and find, know that you're saved. We want to help get people in spiritual growth and find their place of serving. And by the way, the serving class will begin in just a few minutes. It won't last long, but everyone needs a place of service in the body of Christ. But I encourage you to text that number and get established in the discipleship ministry of this church we want to help you grow in your faith amen we always like to read the ironic blessing taken from numbers chapter six i was given a um, archaeological find this actually happened a couple years ago we all know about the dead sea scrolls or the oldest scriptures that have ever been found until they found this piece of scripture and uh they were digging outside of Jerusalem and found a skeleton. And in the fingers of the skeleton was a piece of scripture. They date this back to 600 years before Christ. And when they studied the scripture that the skeleton was holding, I believe God allowed this one passage. It is now the oldest piece of scripture to ever have been found, older than the Dead Sea Scrolls. And it's one passage. And it's the ironic blessing. Isn't that amazing? I think God's putting his stamp of approval on how important the ironic blessing is. It should always be very meaningful as that ironic blessing is spoken. The word is voice activated. That's why you need to read it out loud. You need to speak it out loud. It's very important. And uh, we always end our Sunday morning services the Jewish people in their prayer book will read this on a daily basis. But in their homes and gatherings, every Friday night on Shabbat, the spiritual leader of that setting will pronounce this blessing over the people. And uh, the Jewish people have been very blessed through history. When you look at the minute numbers as far as the population of the Jewish people, the ethnic group, very minute numbers. And yet you look at all their accomplishments and amazing things that have happened. Yes, God has judged them because they're turning from the law of God. They've gone through periods of judgment. But 
overall a blessed people. Incredible. And I'm going to read this blessing in closing. I want everybody to lift your hands. And the worship team's going to lead us in a closing song after this. Lift your hands. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, This is how you will bless the children of Israel, saying unto them. Paul declares we're a part of that heritage because we're grafted in through Jesus. Amen? Amen. So every blessing to Israel I claim. Amen. I was claiming one this morning uh, in my personal devotions early this morning. He that watches over Israel will neither slumber or sleep. I'm grafted in there, so I was claiming that blessing this morning. Amen. The Lord bless thee, and the Lord keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee, and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance over you, and give you his peace. And they shall put my name, God's name, upon their families and I will bless them. Come on, let's lift up a shout to the Lord as the worship team comes. Lead us in hallelujah, hallelujah. Weary soul, this bag of bones. So I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a bag of bones. And just with